Then we're back with another episode of Food in the Hood. Yay! <laughs> well, this、And、is the this is part two for、uh, plant based meat. Yep. Yeah, this is a continuation of the discussion we were having.、Um, so last week we touch upon sort of、um, the technical details and、uh, what goes on in an ingredient list of plant-based meat, specifically looking at、um, Beyond Meat and Impossible.、Eh? Is it Beyond Meat? Yes, Beyond、mm. Meat and、um, the Impossible Burger. Brand looking at their meat patties, and、mm-hmm. I think today we're going a little bit broader and talking about the sort of ethical, moral concerns、um, about plant-based meats, as well as、um, you know its intended motive of、um, kind of being a more sustainable option for consumers. Yeah. So before we kind of get into the、um, our current episode. Our reflections of our past episode was that it was very lighthearted. <laughs> <laughs> right.、So、I just want to bring this up. <laughs> I just want to bring this up. What he means is that、uh, we went into it without doing like a whole ton of research. <laughs> right. That feels weird saying it like that. Right, we did do some research, but I think that you know when we talk about functionality of ingredients, a lot of times it's very broad, right? We know that these ingredients are here to stabilize the products, maybe through、uh, through texture improvement or、uh, just keeping the flavor consistent, etc. But it's hard to know the exact function, right? Right, right, right. So、and、I think we came off as wishy washy. <laughs> it was a little bit, and、um, but but you know that was more of a I'd say that was more of a genuine first impression as food professionals、yeah. seeing those lists,、yeah. and、mm-hmm. um, of course there are not everything that are known to us, or we can just directly name the exact functionality or its purpose of adding to that patty. Like if we were able to do that, like basically Beyond Meat and the Impossible is in trouble, right? Right, because this can, is their trade secret. Yeah,、right? we can we can exactly reverse engineer whatever、mm-hmm, they were doing、mm-hmm. and probably sell it as food in the hood burger or something. Yeah,、uh-huh. yeah, and I think that's the challenge for food product developers as well.、Um, mm-hmm. People who are trying to come up with a new product that is based on other existing products on the market, sometimes they do have to do quite a fair bit of work to reverse engineer other people's products to find out, like what makes this product this way or that way, and how are we gonna improve upon that. So I right, think th-、right. that was like a good example of this being done in action by. <laughs> <laughs> Two newbies. To the yeah, and really, we didn't have any particular knowledge in meat science or you know plant-based protein. You had a little exposure、mm-hmm. with you know pea proteins and stuff,、mm-hmm. right? And、yeah. it really made me wonder. You know, this actually ties into your、uh, undergrad project, right? Because、mm-hmm. some of these flavors might interact with protein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my undergrad research was on how、um, flavor compounds could, you know,、um, not disappear, but the amount that is perceived might wear off over time in different protein model systems. So、mm-hmm. looking at like soy, pea,、um, what others were there, whey, etc., and、yeah. kind of examining how much. 
uh, how much of the flavor compound we can extract from the product, you know, over time. Right, and the interesting thing is that you, you know, for a burger um, or or any type of uh, food that's intended for cooking, mm-hmm. it needs there's an extra layer of heat on top of it. Mm-hmm. Right, so once you heat it, it would probably become a different type, of, or it either stimulates interactions, or it does something to the matrix that would impact somebody's flavor release or flavor flavor um, perception. Right. Uh huh. So this is yeah. This is like I feel this is quite a quite of a technical challenge, or could be. It is. It is. Yeah,、uh-huh. and I think that's the reason why companies like Beyond Meat have such a big R and D team. Hmm. You know. Right. I I I believe about a third of their workforce, if I'm not wrong, is composed of R and D people, which is like a huge proportion of the company. Yeah, consider、right? if you compare it、yeah. to other CPG companies.、Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, but they're technically still kind of a startup. Well, they're transitioning、right. to a more、uh, a public company. Well, they are a public、sure. company now, but they're still young in that stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah,、uh-huh. and I'm sure after they IPO, you know, it it'll be interesting to see、uh, what sort of direction they go in in terms、mm-hmm. of what other products that's going to come out because they have so much more funding now to right, hire right, right. new people and come up with new products.、Mm-hmm. Uh, but for today, I guess our our area of discussion is more on the sustainability and ethical portions、um, of plant based meat. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So i i have a I have a little quote to share, and this is、uh, I learned this from an undergraduate class, talking about、uh, ecology and how food system interacts with ecology. the The professor, I think he was David Tillman.、Uh, he's a very famous,、um, you know, ecologist. Did a lot of、mm-hmm. like those agronomy, agro ecosystem. Research,、mm-hmm. and he brought up in his lecture said that whatever's good for the planet, it's also good for humans' health in terms、right. of,、uh, you know, food consumption. So, for example,、mm-hmm. plants are great. They're they're good for the environment. They are、um, very、uh, sustainable as a、mm-hmm. food source,、mm-hmm. and、um, it's it's on the broader sense that's also. Better for human health compared to、right. a pure meat diet per se. Right, 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 right.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it, like that kind of works in the same vein. Like if you think about、um, legumes, right? A lot、mm-hmm. of these, a lot of these plant-based meats, or even just plant-based protein in general, is coming from legumes. And legumes are great.、Um, legumes are a great crop for rotation, especially if you grow a lot of. Um, crops like soy or corn, etc. I think legumes help. If I'm not wrong, they help fix the soil. Fix nitrogen. Yeah, they help fix nitrogen into the soil because of、mm-hmm. you know interactions with the microbiota in the soil as well, etc. Yeah. So it's really it's great for the planet as well, like you said. You know,、mm-hmm. it, it's like a whole cycle, and I think, like you said, it's a very holistic and systematic way to think about the food we eat. Which generally is not the case, I think, when we think about food science in the traditional sense. No, this is what I think is lack of in the food science education. 
is that this should be you know lesson one o one, right? To、mm-hmm. say to welcome freshmen into a college、mm-hmm. to, because they they should take on the burden and、um, devote themselves into improving these systems. And they might、right. have they might have heard bits of it from you know the internet and different news sources, but、um, there might be、uh, there there should be a good good、um, you, you know kind of like a collection of effort to to bring it all together. Right. I feel like in our undergrad education at U of M, at least, I don't think sustainability was ever really brought up or mentioned.、Um, Not that much. Like. Uh, yeah. It, it, well, only if you're taking, you know, some agronomy, or, right, right, or, right, or some other departments class where they focus、right. more on like crop production or animal production as opposed <laughs> to, you know, food manufacturing.、Mm-hmm. And I think,、um, you know, back at University of Minnesota, I had friends who were in this new major called food systems. Oh yeah, where、uh-huh. they essentially took a lo-、uh, a more holistic view into, you know, thinking about the vertical integration of agriculture, agronomy,、um, animals, livestock management, and sort of the whole process. And、mm-hmm. I think you know, that's something that food scientists ought to think about as well. But you know, I feel like if it's a notion that you introduce early on in food scientist career and education, then you know the lens from which they develop food product is going to be influenced by that more. And I、Definitely. think, given our burgeoning population,、mm-hmm. and sort of you know the whole issue of how do we feed the world in twenty or thirty years、uh, while trying not to harm our planet, I think it's even more important for. Food science,、uh, like future food scientists, to be able to think that way. So, I don't know if there's any curriculum currently that really has a very systematic approach to、mm. food science. Well, maybe there is in some other、right. universities, and right, right,、um, right. Definitely, the the. I think we were at the very beginning back in twenty thirteen. Uh, when when we first started、uh, studying food science, we were at the very beginning of a lot of these concrete evidence being popularized in general, right, in the public. So、mm-hmm. you, you know there are more evidence、uh, on global warming. Well, the studies have been done maybe you know ten years prior to that, but it really takes a while to 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 to、uh, solidify it and、um, penetrate it into the public. And、mm-hmm. the, so so then so then that was back in 2013, right? Right. So now, like back in back in undergrad, no one really thought about too much about you know plant based diet being such a huge thing.、Mm-hmm. And、um, there were a lot of protein being researched, but people didn't really think about that one single application. That now it's sort of the key of it. Yeah, I feel like plant proteins. I mean, Pam's lab studied plant proteins, right? Right, right. right. There are a lot of there labs were research studying being done.、It. Right,、uh-huh. right. But the whole like, but understanding plant proteins and their functionality, maybe it's the work that that has been done, sort of in the background for the past decade or even longer,、mm-hmm. that has created like a body of knowledge that you know companies like Beyond Meat can take that further and make it into a viable product that consumers will buy.
Yes. Right. Um, and I'm sure Beyond Meat and Impos- Impossible Foods have their own internal research that has generated a lot of new information that we don't know. But I think that when people were doing plant protein research 20 years ago or 10 years ago, some of them might mm-hmm. not know that you know whatever output they're putting out, <laughs> whatever output they're putting out, yeah, that's exactly is going what to it is. right is going to result in such a. I don't know. I can say global phenomena. I feel like it's a, it's a more U.S. centric thing right now. It is but... a very yeah. It's a very Western centric thing, mm-hmm. and um, it would be very very difficult. I think to at at least at this stage to generalize it to the global mm-hmm. scale, just because um, these burgers aren't cheap per se. Right. Right, and and they're not producing well. Well, they 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 can produce them in large quantities, but it's still mm-hmm. um there there's more to figure out to actually have mm-hmm. it uh as as a global phenomenon, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I want to yeah. add on top of it this you know that's a lot of just in general how a lot of these research will be turned into real applications in the future, but they you just don't know where where it is, and, right? Right. I think that's kind of important to remember as a as someone who does research, because sometimes you do a lot and you're you're thinking, oh, like you know, when you get discouraged, you might be thinking, oh, whatever I'm doing, you know, maybe ten people is gonna read my paper, and that that that's it. It's not gonna do like it's not gonna change the world or whatever. But I feel like a lot of times knowledge builds upon itself, and then one mm-hmm. day. You know, it might come in really handy, but there's no way to predict that. Right, and I think it's just right, and and um, this is just an example. I think it's a very encouraging example mm-hmm. for people who study food science, mm-hmm. right? Because this is this is it. Um, at, at at as if right now, this is it, right? It is what right. people are thinking. Uh, earned a lot of respect to food scientists were the people behind it plant-based protein um, to do all this magic and taste like meat mm-hmm. yeah right and these are years of research into it and if not direct contributions at least we've set up the system that if right, right. if like people are willing to pay <laughs> we yeah. can make it happen <laughs> and I think uh. that's why that's why you know organizations like IFT and food science professionals, um, you know, how the food science research world is heavily funded for applied research and we're mm-hmm. very heavily dependent on industry funding and compared to maybe disciplines like biomedical or genetics, um, they might receive a lot more funding for fundamental research. But I think the whole plant-based meat sort of revolution really highlights the need for fundamental research as well that might not be... Yeah instantly applicable so to speak i agree Um, and this isn't um you know this isn't day one that we try to advocate it (laughs) just (laughs) just 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 as food scientists because it's not coming out very much and it's not coming out at a sort of a centralized governmental agency that gives like for example the nih Mm-hmm. National Institute of Health that would give mm-hmm. that much of money just devoted to biomedical research. 
Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of want to go back to your initial quote when you talked about how what's good for the planet is also what's good for human health. So I think that's sort of a point of controversy for plant-based meats, right? Yes. It's definitely better for the planet compared to, you know, a beef patty that's grown from, not grown, sorry, that's that's uh, that came from a cow, right? You, that, mm-hmm. The carbon footprint associated with, you know, a Beyond Meat patty is definitely less than um, a real actual beef patty. But so so on on the sustainability front, it is good. But a lot of people are wondering, on the human health part, how much better is it, or is it even better, right? Because we look at the ingredient list and we found that for beef patties, sometimes mm-hmm. it's just beef. You know, sometimes there's additives. But for all the plant-based beef patties or plant-based patties, there's a lot more ingredients. So people are thinking, oh, it's too processed. It's not healthy. Right. Um. See that 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 kind of leads into a different type, a different type of question we're asking here, right? Because it could be the raw material could be good for human health, but Mm -hmm. the processing and functional ingredients on top of it to make it the sensory profile that you like or you're familiar with affects the healthiness of this product mm-hmm. right because you can just shovel some pea protein and even to be honest like turning pea into pea protein i wonder how much work is there i mean it is quite a lot of work turning something from its raw form into an isolate yeah right i think that's pretty yeah and there's a lot of ways you could go about it too mm-hmm. yes yes so these are things that we don't kind of think about and when we're just mm. talking about plant-based proteins or plant-based meat as if the big word plant will just take care of all the other environmental guilts that people mm-hmm. have been carrying um, yeah. after all these years eating meat <laughs> i feel like someone should do a you know like maybe there's a life cycle study yeah yeah maybe there's life like a breakdown yeah or like a like a clinical trial of people only eating <laughs> beef patties versus you know plant based patties over the course of a month, and then tracking their like cholesterol or their cardiovascular uh-huh. health or markers over time. Like I think that would be really interesting to see, but I don't know how healthy that would be. <laughs> right? Uh, maybe not to like real humans, but like. Like feed it to mice. Yeah, or some kind of other, you know. There are like, I don't know. It 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 goes into a different type of controversy here. For yeah. <laughs> for what to do to best answer or measure health, um, right? Without right, using right, actual right. human. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm yeah. also sure that there are people who will willingly sign themselves up to eat beef patties every day there's probably people Mm. who are doing it already that's true i'd sign up eating beef patties every day (laughs) Uh, yeah so these are some of the concerns that really originated from just the pure ingredients of a beyond burger or an impossible burger Mm -hmm. um but i think at the same time there are also a lot of you know just on the consumer side 
right? So when you we kind of touch on this, like that, you know, if you see plant, it's kind of make you feel good and make you don't think too much about uh, what's hiding behind it. But um, and even really in reality, people are willing to pay more money for system sustainability. That's kind of like a environmental tax that right. people pay, mm-hmm. right? But that doesn't really necessarily gets what's best for the consumer per se. So I just want to talk talk a little bit on these like consumer insights and how there are many many ways to m- make contributions to the environment by. Changing your diet, or by, um, you know, choosing type of food that you eat, or type of way that you eat food.、Mm-hmm. Right. So, if we're thinking about, you know, plant-based meats might be a way to、um, reduce some of these environmental impacts. There might be other ways to do it in a more efficient and more like greater ROI per se. Right. 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 And the one on top of my head is just cooking. Cooking、mm-hmm. at home, right? So, so to reduce eating restaurant food, processed food, from elsewhere, and this could have a potential impact on the environment and sustainability overall. So, could you explain how eating at home versus at a restaurant versus, let's say, buying a frozen meal? How、uh-huh. how 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 do these three differ on that front? Yes,、uh, we can still break it down into what's good for you versus what's good for the environment. Let's take the person as an example. By eating at home, normally people start with ingredients that are known to them, and they are adding essentially everything,、uh, no matter it's a spice or it's a it's a piece of meat or、um, uh, pasta. Most of these things are known, and it's closer to its raw form. So the level、right. of preservatives, let's just say in general preservatives and injection of chemically chemical preservatives, are、mm-hmm. a lot of less,、mm-hmm. right? And overall, the、um, the food are more wholesome. That when you cook it and eat it, it's fresh. It、um, it should be delicious if if you're following some right recipes or have some practice. Right, and and that and that kind of adds on top of the value of cooking a meal. Right. And、uh, but compared to say a frozen meal, that、um, goes into a lot of、uh, the raw material or first processed in bulk、uh, in a factory and packed independently,、uh, maybe refrigerated or frozen, distributed to、uh, your local grocery store. And all of these takes a lot of energy, and it takes a lot of,、um, and that those energies might not be 100% clean energy, right? So it could be、uh, coal burned、uh, during this process, natural gas burned for this process, so release a lot of carbon to the atmosphere.、Mm-hmm. So if we're thinking about that system, and then you are paying money to get that convenience,、uh, which adds a burden indirectly to the.、Um, To to the environment, right?、Mm-hmm. So I guess、yeah. to play the devil's advocate, because <laughs> that's what I like to do. So、right. to play the devil's advocate, if you think about one person、um, cooking at home, right?、Mm-hmm. They're using、um, 
you know, they might be using gas or electricity for the stovetop. And then they're also refrigerating their food at home. And um, they're also, you know, washing their pots and pans and dishes with water afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. So there's energy consumption in that way as well. So what's to say that bulk cooking it in a factory and then packaging and distributing it actually takes up more energy than, you know, let's say 200 households doing it on their own. Because, you know, with... Right. With factories, there's economies of scale, right? It takes mm-hmm. less, it takes less energy to, let's say, wash a giant um, hopper versus two hundred households using water to wash their own pot after cooking mac and cheese. Yes, et yes, that that makes sense. And um, right, but what um, what I think it's just a necessary step, or a few of these are bundled together, is that the regardless you have to do these right even if you're mm-hmm. buying frozen meal uh there's still meal prep mm-hmm. when you're thinking about getting a frozen dish you still need to use your oven to heat it up or your microwave to heat it up and there's still gonna be labor involved that gonna take mm-hmm. up energy right right not to mention there's the packaging the individual yes. portion packaging mm-hmm. yes for frozen so there meals. And this gets into a little bit on these, you know, sustainable system design per se, right? It's where we want to draw the boundary because we can measure it. If we're talking about everything, the infinite measurement of resources is just not feasible, mm-hmm. right? So if we're drawing some boundaries of the system, say, okay, let's limit everything just to your kitchen and how much we're comparing uh, cooking frozen meal versus cooking from uh, fresh produce and meat versus straight just go out and eat right mm-hmm. and we're thinking about how we freshly harvest uh, fruits and vegetables grains um, you know newly processed um, fresh meat uh, that's our starting material until the amount of energy or calorie that injected to you as the final right. step, right? So there's that temporal. Right. So that's that temporal axis that measures what has been done to the food to finally get mm-hmm. to your get to your stomach, mm-hmm. and um, we're limiting sort of a spatial uh, element here. It's that just in the kitchen, right? Right. So so in these in uh, well, but of course you know during that temporal uh, that food are getting processed in factory or whatnot, that'll be add on top of it. And um, just to bring it back a little bit and think about a plant-based burger, it's a quite long way to get to you as consumer. Mm-hmm. So I guess, okay, so I guess from your analogy, what you're trying to say is someone who buys a plant-based patty versus someone who just buy a bunch of legumes from Whole Foods and then cooks up something in their pot, mm-hmm. right? You're saying that the energy expenditure and sort of the carbon footprint of those two options are different and that there are other ways besides eating plant-based protein that can reduce carbon footprint and still be healthy yes exactly and right um, so cooking could be one way of doing it right and this reduces the sort of the environmental burden from processing mm-hmm. food right because now what we're right 
now what we're trying to avoid is the use of、uh, farm animals. Right, 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 right,、uh, right, right. I understand what you mean,、mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, we know that millennials, especially, are very concerned about the environment, and they want to do their part. And learning to cook legumes, it's not the most difficult thing in the world, right? But despite so, what like the whole reason that I think it hasn't caught on. As much as you know, we think that it could have caught on, as in consuming legumes and lentils and peas,、mm-hmm. in the in the Western world at least, I think it's because people are just used to eating meat, right? Like as in people's desire to have、um, people's flavor preferences and their、mm-hmm. desire to eat what they like strongly, 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 you know, is is much higher than their desire to save the planet. Yes, right. Like you have two different priorities. They're both priorities, but I think first and foremost, consumers care about taste. So even though I think, and a lot of people probably notice as well, even though yes, there are more sustainable ways to go about、um, changing your diet patterns to have a less、uh, to have a better impact on Mother Earth.、Mm-hmm. I think, like. The whole reason Beyond Meat and you know plant-based meats are successful is because it allows people to continue living their habits while giving them the idea that they're not harming the planet as much, right? Right, right, and right. And it comes at a slightly higher price for them than buying regular patties. Yeah. So I don't know, like. You know, I feel like okay. Let's say that Beyond Meat and these plant-based proteins and plant-based patties、um, that imitate meat are a sort of bridge between meat consumption and、um, pure plant consumption,、mm-hmm. right? If you look at it as a bridge, I feel like it's a way to get people to think about it more. Like people who don't think about food a lot. Might not think about it all that much, but I think when plant-based meat came out, a lot of my friends who eat, you know, who weren't even in food science, who weren't、mm-hmm. even food scientists, became sort of intrigued about this idea, right? And they started buying it in grocery stores just just to see what it's like. But the whole revolution and the whole, I guess, the whole、um, sort of、movement. sensation、yeah. around it and the movement. Is getting people to think more about their eating habits, which is、mm-hmm. not a bad thing.、Right? No, 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 no. I'm not here to to attack right, right, the right, idea right, right.、Yeah. of plant based meat. But what I'm trying to、um, just to bring on the table is that there are more ways that you can actively contribute to the environment and、um, reduces human impact to the environment. And、um, right, it's. Uh, so, like you said, like plant-based meat, it's it's like a shortcut, right? Or something that's more,、um, it's just easier and it's very convenient right. that right. people can do it without compromising too much. Right, right. But right. then, for people who are thinking about who are designing these systems to help people realize, for example, plant-based meat is an idea that someone had. Right, and try to implement、mm-hmm. all these 
technologies and, and you know workforce to make it happen right so i guess part of the question is that what's the next plant-based what's the meat? next vehicle yeah right. what's, like, the, what's next, the next vehicle for combining sustainability and food right 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 and this one it seems to be working and it seems to that consumers are accepting it there are a lot of interests a lot of capital investment the brightest future of plant-based meat is that we can actually observe maybe 10 years from now that um, you know beef cattle are, are, are declining and um, there are less farmlands that were grown alpha alpha for animal feed that rather you know there are more uh, there, there are more cultivation of grains for human uh, consumption, direct human consumptions. Right. Right. So, so that that is an impact, and you can see that you know maybe even it will be a reverse, right? So that that's um, so the current uh, the, the current little refrigerator for the three products of plant based meat will be replaced by the actual beef meat. Whereas mm-hmm. the majority of the quote unquote meat section will be all plant based mm-hmm. meats. You're you're imagining like the the amount of aisle space being reversed. Yes, something like that. Right. It, right. It could uh technically happen. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think it'll be interesting to see. Some people right. think it's a fad, some people think it's here to stay. Yeah, I I mean that's the best scenario, but there could also be a fad, right? If right, right. let let's say there are also close containers, if we're just thinking about contestants, close contestants here uh, in this meat alternative world, right? So mm-hmm. there are insect proteins that haven't been quite exp- uh, explored, algae proteins that are out there, and also cultured right. or cultured meat, right? Cultured meat, yeah. Is, it's Lab straight up just meat. it's just straight up meat. Real meat uh, cells grown in a lab. Right, right, right. Right. There's a lot of other, you know, contenders, I guess. But they could also just complement each other, right? Maybe there will be insect proteins, and then there will also be plant-based patties, and consumers have more choice, and they're willing to try all these different things. Yeah, but then, you know, it always... I think, just my own opinion... At first, mm-hmm. there will it's a it's a phase of diversifying, right? Or the exploratory stage of people's preferences on meat alternatives, but then they they're gonna converge, right? To one or two or a few, um, you 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 know meat alternatives or you know protein sources in this case. Right, I feel like it depends on how much we know. First of all, about something, mm-hmm. and then how um, how open consumers are to that idea. So, for instance, right. plant protein research, a lot of people are doing it right now, mm-hmm. and we also know that consumers like meat, at least you know on this continent. So people mm-hmm. can accept food that looks like meat. But I think insect protein might take a little bit longer to establish it itself in the mainstream food world, in the United States at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've tried cricket. I really like it. It's very crunchy. 
Mm-hmm. But I think right now,、um, consumers might not be super open to it yet. Maybe in、no. in you know the the more distant future. Right, But, right, right.、Um, I know there are other countries, including、um, some parts of Asia, that are a lot more open to eating insects in their、mm-hmm. insect farms. So there's you know potential for economies of scale. Yes,、um, and there's、yes. open-mindedness in the consumer arena,、mm-hmm. but for U.S. at least,、um, I feel like insect protein might have a little bit longer to go. But algae protein is really interesting. Like, right, it, it, it's actually. I would like to see that. Yeah, there are more. You know, it's.、Um, and if we're thinking about you know direct you know resources intake versus pure protein mass. Output, right?、Um, probably soy and pea isn't the most efficient organism、mm-hmm. that can do that,、mm-hmm. right? How far are we pushing into that direction versus how much are we actually gonna devote our attention to meat alternatives overall as right, a right, right. as a convenient tool to consumers? Um, that、right. th- that they can feel that they did something morally good for the environment. Right, right, right.、Uh-huh. I feel like over reliance on any two major crops, you know, is not the best idea.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know, obviously the U.S. produces a lot of soy, corn, wheat, etc. And then if you look at、um, the economies of scale that can be gained from the already huge soy production. You know, it's it is an efficient way, you know, to sell meat alternatives based on soy or pea.、Mm-hmm. But then, like that's the whole issue with the food system. I think if we rely too much on one crop, right? If there are diseases or you know, climatic changes that seriously、um, harms one crop, yeah, or wipe then, it out somehow with a right, right. You don't want to put all your eggs in one、disease. basket. Yeah,、mm-hmm. right. But I think having diversified food sources is good,、mm-hmm. also for the planet and also for our human health. Uh, well, yeah, I, I I completely agree, and I think this is where you know if we're really talking about、um, designing a future food system or a diet choice for、uh, consumers, it should all be taken considered,、mm-hmm. right? And and it starts with. Of course, a few people working on one product, right? But the systematic approach of how we can impact this is essentially a com like we're trying to combat culture, right? Just human experience accumulated to、um, the presence, and how can we levy it into something that's more sustainable and more.、Um, You know, feasible to 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 hold this many people in this planet.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's a、But、that's a pretty good that's a pretty good um, you you know, kind of discussion that we have here is try to、right. set up some of the um, some of the initial talks on this, and this really something we want to get into a little bit in the future episodes, design thinking or system design. Yeah. Yeah, system、right. design is a really interesting one. I think it's very appropriate for us to talk about it because、right. 
it's so the food system is so wide and so expensive both horizontally and vertically mm-hmm. and then combining all facets fa- all facets of academia government and also industry sort of looking at the trifecta and how they can build upon each other i think that will be really cool Right, so we kind of said about the different approaches. I just, what I mean, plant-based meat is only just a format, right? If we're talking about all these big stuff, it's just a format. It's a great business as of today, and um, just, just you know, we can. The stimulus a lot of thought, right? Who can replicate it, and is this really one of the models that we can use for the future? Mm-hmm. Like, like, sort of like. The shared economy phenomenon, right, with, right, right. With how, you know how many different yeah. ways of it is this really a system changing you know product per se, or it's right, just right. or that's why I think it could be a fad, right? Because I don't see anything. I do, I can't articulate this to anything that it's is possible in the future. It's the first thing on the food market that looks like this, or yes. in the food world, uh-huh. right? I think. And maybe we could expound a little bit on a shared economy you just mentioned for people who don't know. So looking at things like Uber or yeah, Airbnb, Airbnb, yeah. You know the idea that I don't know. By the, the way, idea, Uber Uber's not what? doing very well recently. Oh really? <laughs> did you? I'm know? I'm surprised, yeah. but not surprised. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 not doing very well at all. <laughs> but going back to the shared economy, um, you know, the idea of someone. You know, just renting out their own home ten, fifteen、mm-hmm. years ago, it's probably a little bit scary because you don't know who's gonna come to your place, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What if someone trashes your house? But the whole idea of implementing a review system where you know trust is placed on the users,、mm-hmm. I think really that's a very new way of thinking that really capitalizes on technology and the review system and really allow you know. Apps like Airbnb and Uber and other share economy、um, services to flourish. So I think right now, when you know you said that you see plant-based meat as a vehicle for allowing us to deliver cons- to consumers、mm-hmm. um, the flavor, the convenience of what they want, but with lesser carbon footprint. That's yeah. Is that the vehicle that you're talking about that you think that could, you know, potentially be replicated in other forms? Yes, yes. So, I, I'm. I, I guess that this is one of the recent successes that in, in the world of food science, right? Right. So, so it's not just like another bar that got granola bar got really popular, or like a or like a a product. This this one carries more of a meaning. And responsibility, on top of it's just a product, right, right, right. So it's a combination of technological breakthrough with the so-called good intentions. So then,、mm-hmm. where do we take it? I mean, this one is kind of over, right? It people, well, I mean, whoever's in this world, like plant-based meat world, will say, "Oh, this is just the beginning. We're gonna take it on to like the next level, whatever." But as someone who is more of an observer of how the process of getting something really small and make it public 
uh, and make it to public and make it to a, a, a publicly traded company. People are thinking about what's the next Beyond Meat, right? Who is gonna do something similar enough to raise this much money and attention? What's the next big thing in food? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these are just things that are really interesting to think about. Right, 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 right. Yeah,、mm. yeah. I think like there's constantly, you know, not to give off the impression that the food industry never innovates. I think there's always innovations and new ways of making food safer and more nutritious going on all the time. I think there's always research being done in academia and industry to propel us towards that direction. There's a lot of labs working, you know, to make、um, processing methods better at killing bacteria or etc. But I think to be able to marry all these ideas together that culminates in a product that is market ready is what's、mm-hmm. difficult. Right. That right. You know, combining all these new technologies in a way that get people excited, in a way that really highlights, you know, how consumer preferences and habits can, um, you know, can be taken into account, and then you can make a product that sells is good for the environment and is good for people. Sort of all of that combined. I think that's what's difficult. Right, 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 and you you know this is really、um, what、uh, we should put our work into, right? If if this if this has more like like a more uh, uh, defined route or or, or a clearer、uh, route to get there, it, it would be really big. It would it would be it would be something that that's gonna re- again revolutionize the current so called food system. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Maybe a few product or a few, some product concepts will be able to do that. And now、right. I don't see too much of that, to be honest, because a lot of、um, resources in the CPG world is it's quite、um, it's quite retarded, right? It's quite it, it has a huge inertia inertia for right, uh, right, uh, right for for proper innovation, not like. Not like the tech world, right? Tech world is exact opposite. There are too many people trying out ridiculous ideas that are just.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the cost、uh-huh. for trying out new things is much lower in tech compared to food, and that's、yes. why big big CPG companies experience a lot of inertia in coming up with new innovative ideas.、Uh-huh. Um, you know, compared to smaller startups where you can. Catch on to trends and work on things that might not necessarily appear、um, to give a lot of ROI in the beginning, at least, right?、Mm-hmm. But、um, I mean, but what we're seeing is a lot of large companies know that they can't really fight startups. So actually, a lot of big companies have their own venture capitalist funds where they invest. In、mm-hmm. smaller food startups, or you know, even eventually buy them over. That's what we're seeing. So, like, we're seeing a model where a lot of, I mean, like, even just look at plant-based meats. Even though a lot of big players like Nestle,、um, I think they came out with Sweet Earth Foods. Let me Google it.、Mm-hmm. Um, is it Nestle? So even a lot of bigger, yeah. So Nestle 
actually have its own plant-based meat line, but that which is ca- called Sweet Earth Foods. But I think that's after they acquired um, Sweet Earth, right. which is like a company by itself. So I'm just saying that you know it really caught on with CPG big CPG companies after startups like Beyond Meat came out. So yes. this whole model of like small players innovating fast enough and then bigger companies buying it up it's very yeah it's um, no it, that, that's no news right but then right still, still what you're doing or what you bought is an old idea right per se right so so i might be a bit of a perfectionist um in in, in this discussion but i just think you know, it, it might. I hopefully can stimulate more people to think about how can they become the next Beyond Meat, mm-hmm. or in the in the food industry or f- food and beverages world. What's the right, next? Right. What's the next Beyond Meat um, product or process or anything else in between there that could actually take the entire industry to a different level. 